Hallelujah. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to worship Him. In the same atmosphere of worship, we're going to worship our God with our offering. If you have any tithe for thanksgiving, forward
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I see the hands of those who are excited and happy to be in this place? Amen, amen, amen. It is a privilege to be in this place. It is not because we have planned it, but it is through and by the grace of God that we are here. Hallelujah. Quickly, we're going to read... 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 2. Can we all read 1, 2, 3? For our resolve to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. One more time. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus and Him crucified. Amen. Please have your seat. Almighty, I thank you and I celebrate you, Jesus, for this moment. Lord Almighty, I pray, O oh Father God, that you speak to us, that we may, O oh Lord Almighty, grow in the knowledge of who you are. As we have resolved, O oh Lord Jesus, to know nothing else except you and you crucified, we pray, O oh Lord Almighty, that you increase our knowledge, that we may continue, O oh Lord Almighty, to draw near you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, Almighty God, that you be present in our midst to heal those who are sick, to deliver all the captive free, that you, O Lord Almighty, transform the lives of each and every one of us. Let salvation be our portion and that of our nations and families. In the name of Jesus, amen. I would like to thank you all for being present here on this wonderful Sunday. It is not a Sunday like any other Sunday. Although we might be doing the same thing over and over again, but each day is different from the other. By the grace of God, we are here, numbered among the living in this audience that we may hear more of his word. It is a privilege that should not be taken for granted. Last week we had a wonderful and reviving seminar. It was a three-day session of teaching on the subject called to build the church. Hallelujah. And from the very first day, we happen to learn that we all receive that calling to build the church. We have come to learn and understand that the calling, it is not referred to those who are called to be pastors, 
because when we mention building the church, we mostly see the title of pastors. But each and every one of us has received that calling. Although Christ is the man builder, the architect, the master builder, the one who built the church, he has associated us in this project of building the church. Just like the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, that we are co-workers with Christ. It is by his grace that we have received this privilege to be part of those who are building the church. Hallelujah. Once again, that grace should not be taken for granted. We also happen to learn that there are two ways that we can build a church. Two key elements that were mentioned. The first element was with love. Displaying unconditional love toward one another. This morning we went a little bit further in, on the subject of love. We mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that talks about love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1, it reads as follows. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but if not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow my good to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if not love, it profits me nothing. Hallelujah. So you, we have come to understand that Although we may accomplish things in this world, although we may have the gift of prophecy, we, can, we may have faith to move mountains, but if there is no love, it is nothing. It profits nothing. Hallelujah. So in the subject of building the church, the first point that was mentioned of how to build the church it is with love. Jesus, before departing from this earth, has given us a commandment that we may love one another just as he has loved us. So the subject of love, it is very important when we engage ourselves in the in this quest of building the church. Hallelujah. The second point that was mentioned of how we can build the church, it is by winning souls. And winning souls, it is actually the great commission that we have been entitled to do. Each and every one of us to make all the nations disciples, to teach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Lord. 
meaning that each and every one of us has to take it to heart that as we have received this calling to build the church, we need to develop the habit of love and also have the culture of reaching out. Hallelujah. And lastly, what we have learned as well during our seminar, we also happen to see that those who were called to build the church were not perfect. And this I'm referring to the parable of the wedding feast. When there was a wedding and the so-called invited and honored guests did not show up. Until the king himself decided to invite anyone outside. It actually means that those who are called to build the church are not the people who are only perfect. But the good and the bad were considered as well. Hallelujah. But today I would like us to dig a little bit deeper in this subject by studying the characteristic of one person. An exceptional man who was among the disciples of Jesus. And that man is Simon Peter. Hallelujah. Simon Peter, in many ways, was a man like you and me. What do I mean by that? First of all, him, he was known as a fisherman, meaning that he had a business. His business was fishing. The Bible mentioned as well that he had a wife, which means that he was married. He was a man of faith dedicated to the truth of God. And if you study further the life of Peter, you will come to know that he was a man of many mixture. What do I mean by that? Is that on one side, he had faith. On the other, he had doubt. On one side, he had strength. On the other, he was weak. He was a man of wisdom, but yet had committed foolishness. Hallelujah. Meaning that he was a man like you and me. Peter as well in his life has received as well a calling. Just like you and me had received the calling to build the church, Peter also received a calling. When we read Mark chapter 1 verse 16 to 17 from his encounter with Jesus, 
The Bible says, if you can display it on the screen, Mark chapter 1 verse 16. The Bible says from verse 16, And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, and saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And that was the calling he received on that day. Him being a businessman, his business was fishing. All of a sudden, he received the calling of being a fisher of men. Hallelujah. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. It's take convincing and faith to follow somebody. The same goes with Abraham. When God appeared to him and said, leave your father's house and I'll show you the place where you have to be. It takes a lot of convincing and faith to go that way. I don't know if at that time it was easier, but I'm kind of confident that in this modern day, if somebody appears to you and say, follow me, you will have to question him. Hallelujah. But luckily for Peter, he was already convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. Hallelujah. From the first encounter with Christ, he was already convinced that he was the Messiah. Because if we read in Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, there was a time where Jesus began to question his disciples about what people will say that the man, the son of man is. And according to the answers that he was receiving, people say, will say that, some say that you are one of the prophets, that you are Elijah, that you are this and that. But Jesus came back to them and said that, what do you say that I, the son of man, is? This is Matthew 16, verse 13. The Bible says, when Jesus came into the region of the Sea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, very interesting. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. And the Bible carries on by saying, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Continue saying, and I also say that you, that say to you that you are Peter. 
and on this rock I will build my church, and the gate of Hades shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Simon Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And from that moment, Jesus himself emphasized on the calling of Peter. From his first encounter with Jesus, Jesus told him that, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. And, his, and his, as he journeyed with him, Jesus came back to him and said that, you are Peter, a rock. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And this was an emphasis on the calling of Peter, him being a rock. And although Jesus called him a rock, himself, Peter, was not yet there. Because when you take the description of a rock, a rock, it is something solid. It is something that, when it's big, it is difficult to move it. Immovable. It is something that stands still. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Jakarat chapter 12 verse 3, And it shall happen on that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone, a very heavy rock for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. Hallelujah. So from the description of a rock, Peter was not yet there. Because from the beginning, we will see that first of all, Peter was a man like you and me. He had many flaws and has done many mistakes. Now the question that we may ask ourselves is that why did Jesus consider him as a rock? How can we lay the foundation of a church, a foundation of something, on someone like Peter? Hallelujah. From what we have learned in his journey, in the journey of Peter with Jesus, he has made a lot of mistakes. Sometimes it could be having what we call an overconfidence in what you will say. Many times he had showed his flaws. When Jesus predicted that he will be denied by Peter, Peter was first with his overconfidence to refuse that. Because for him, following Christ was following him unto death. But when it happened, himself didn't recognize it. 
from the flows that Peter ate, first of all, he denied Jesus three times, just as Jesus predicted it. Luke chapter 22. This is the time where Jesus was arrested and he was put to trial from verse 54. We can read from verse 54, Luke chapter 22 from verse 54. The Bible says, having arrested him, they laid him and brought him into the high priest house. But Peter followed him at a distance. 55. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together Peter sat among them and a certain servant girl saying seeing him as he sat by the fire looked intently at him and said this man was also with him verse 57 the bible says but he denied him saying woman I do not know him first time and when after and after a little while another saw him and said you also are of them but Peter said men I am not then after about an hour had passed another confidently affirmed saying surely this fellow also was with him for he is a Galilean but Peter said, Men, I do not know what you are saying. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Hallelujah. Imagine the scenario where you find yourself in a place where three people confidently recognize you. The first man comes to you and says that, but I know you. You are part of this group. You deny it. The second one comes and says, I know I've seen you with them, but you deny it. The third one comes and says, but I know you as well, and yet you deny it. Just imagine that scenario. That because himself, Peter, was overconfident, he thought maybe what Jesus was saying, predicting him being denied, was something that he could avoid, something that he could overcome. Another flaws that Peter had as well in his journey with Christ is that at a certain point he was also filled with fear. In Matthew chapter 14, when we read the story of when the disciples, some of them were in the boat and they saw Jesus walking in, on water. 
At first they thought that it was a ghost coming to them. But Peter himself said that, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. And when Jesus commanded him to come, he began to walk on water. But at a certain point, his heart was filled with fear. And when his heart was filled with fear, what happened? He began to sink. He was no longer walking on water. He was now sinking like a boat. Another point as well where the Bible shows us the flaws of Peter is that when Jesus was explaining and predicting his death, him being handed over, he, 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 he Peter was automatically against it. Not because he was fear, he, he, he feared, but because he was filled with emotions that he couldn't hear, he couldn't realize that Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, could hand himself to death. Hallelujah. There are many flaws that Peter had if you study his life. But despite all the mistakes that he has done, despite all the flow that he has displayed, the calling that was upon him was not taken off. Hallelujah. Jesus was always there to rebuke him. But the calling that he had was not taken of him. Hallelujah. Now the transformation of Peter or the transformation of the life of Peter began after the resurrection of Jesus. Because from the moment he denied Christ, he was no longer considering himself worthy. But what happened on the resurrection, him and John were the first to run in the, in the tomb to first see if Christ was still there. Hallelujah. We can read John chapter 20. We can read John chapter 20 from verse. We can start from verse 1. I'm just going to read quickly. The Bible says that now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. 
while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other, either disciple, whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, and yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief had had, that had been around his head, not laying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Hallelujah. Carry on saying that then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he also and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciple went away again to their own home. After experiencing and after seeing that the tomb was empty, that they couldn't see Jesus' body inside the tomb, they went their own home. Hallelujah. And if you read any go and if you read any further, still in the same chapter, you will happen to see that Jesus appeared to them, but yet they did not recognize him. They did not recognize him until they had sat and ate with him. You can read John chapter 20 and John chapter 21. That way the story is. Now our focus will be on John chapter 21 from verse 15. This is the moment where Peter, throughout everything that he has done, the flaws that he has displayed, the mistakes that he has done, that was the moment where Peter was restored. The Bible says from verse 15, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, very interesting, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Lord, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to me, and he said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 15, Jesus came back again and said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him on he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? 
And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Hallelujah. The same way that Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus came back to him and asked him on the subject of love three times. I'm sure for those who are married, if your partner comes to you and say, do you love me? And you respond, yes. And come back again and say, do you love me? You respond, yes. For the third time, you will also be grieved, just as Peter. You might even question your love towards your partner. But the answer of Jesus, the first answer of Jesus was, feed my lambs. And the second was, tend my sheep. And the third was, feed my sheep. Hallelujah. You will have to understand that it was important for Peter to pass the test of love. To really show and acknowledge that, yes, he loved Jesus. Because just like we said, just as we have been called to build the church, and how do we build it from the first point, it was with love. The same way that Jesus gave Peter the responsibility to tend the sheep, the responsibility to feed the sheep, It needed Peter to pass the test of love. If you were with us in the morning, we mentioned that sometimes when you do something out of love, you will do it out of sacrifice. You will do it as it is expected. And sometimes even beyond expectation. But when you do something and not involving love in it, it is easy for you to neglect that. Peter, being the one receiving the call to build the church, needed to pass the test of love. Because in, the, in his journey to build this church, he needed to do everything out of love. And after being restored, he promised to be true and to shepherd the flock. Just like Jesus said, feed my sheep, tender my sheep. Just like I say, from the resurrection, it's where Peter himself received this transformation. His life was no longer how it used to be. Because if you study his life after the resurrection of Christ, and even when Christ departed from them on the 40th day, you will come to see that he was just a different person. He gave everything that he had in the service of God. And we cannot talk about Peter 
without mentioning the day of Pentecost. When we see the day of Pentecost, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. The book of Acts, second chapter, says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, and then they appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the day of Pentecost. And from the day of Pentecost, you will see that the life of Peter was different. He was dedicated in this quest, in the calling that he received. It is through him, with the gospel that he preached, that 300 souls gave their life to Christ. 3,000, not Hallelujah. In this building, this building can barely fit 500 people. But imagine a gospel that brings 3,000 people to Christ. That was the change, Peter. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was miraculously powerful in his life. The Bible talks about him healing the sick just with his shadow. The Bible talks about him being courageous in the midst of opposition. Because there were places whereby the gospel was not easily received. But despite that, he was still courageous. Now, why do we talk about Peter today? Because just as we have studied and mentioned that Peter was a man just like you and me. But yet, he also received that calling, the calling to build the church. But one key element that makes Peter an exceptional person is that Peter had what we call a fervent obedience. By definition, a fervent obedience can be defined as 
doing what is required no matter what. Hallelujah. Throughout his walk with Christ, from the very first day he encountered him, from the very day where Jesus called him to be fisher of men, to follow him, he displayed a fervent obedience toward Jesus. Coming back to the story when they were on the boat and they saw Jesus coming to them, when they thought that it was a ghost, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on water. And when Jesus commanded him, he came, he obeyed. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 5, when they were trying to catch fish all night and couldn't find anything, when Jesus came to them and said, lay your net one more time, despite the fact that him, Peter, had knowledge and experience in fishing, and said to Jesus that we have done it all night, but yet find nothing. But he said that although we have done everything, at your command, I will lay my net. And what happened when he laid the nets? Eventually, he happened to catch fish. That was the fervent obedience that he displayed. The same way in the midst of opposition, when he was commanded not to teach in the name of the Lord, the answer of Peter was that we do not obey to anybody else by God. Meaning that the calling that he received to build the church, to win souls, was a non-negotiable instruction Something that he had to carry this no matter what. Hallelujah. And this is the kind of obedience that we need to also cultivate. A fervent obedience. When we receive instructions from God. Most of the time we take the pleasure of questioning the instructions. We take pleasure into evaluating the instruction. We question it. We ask ourselves, is this instruction coming from God or not? But the fervent obedience is when God say, go that way, you follow. And I believe that since you and me has received the calling because we happen to understand and learn that each and every one of us has been called to build the church. The time has come for us to have this understanding that this calling, it is not for others. 
And we are the one who had to respond to that calling and displaying a fervent obedience toward this calling. The Bible says, coming back to Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said to Peter, Blessed are you, son Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I'll also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gate of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus described actually the kind of church that, according to the calling that we have received, have to build. The time has come for us to respond to this calling and be aligned to build the kind of church that will be able to prevail against the gate of Hades. Against the gate of death. The kind of church that decides when it binds something on earth, it is bound in heaven. When it loses something on earth, it is loosed in heaven. The Bible continues saying that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven is given to the type of church that we have to build. The time has come for us to respond to this calling. Just like we have learned that we have received talent, we have received gifts, and all of that it is for the equipping of the saint. All the gifts that we have received, it is for the profit of others. Meaning that each and every one of us has a key element that form the whole church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Hallelujah. It says that endeavoring in the, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. 
And verse 7 says that, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of grace gift of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? Verse 10, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. 11, and he had himself, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So each and every one of us has received the gift. We being called to build the church and receive the gift, which is the contribution to this great project that we call the church. The church, it is the body of Christ. We all know that Christ is coming back to take his church. And last week it was mentioned that what makes the delay of Christ coming is that the church is not yet ready. But our readiness might be, must, must be first by responding to the calling. Responding to the calling and not be considered as someone who is not involved or concerned in this calling. Just like we studied the life of Peter, we happen to know that Peter was not a perfect man. He had a lot of flaws and made a lot of mistakes. It is not in the way we live our lives trying to be righteous that we are qualified when we compare or describe the life of David God chose him to be king of Israel but when you analyze the life of David you will happen to see that at first David was not qualified before men to be king. And him being king as well has committed a lot of sin. A lot of, he had a lot of flaws and made a lot of mistakes. But the Bible says that David was a man after God's heart. And the same goes with Peter. Despite the flaws and mistakes that he had, one key element that was standing out was the fact that he had a fervent obedience. Hallelujah. All of us have been called to build the church and just like I said it is time for us to respond to this calling it is time for us to use the gift and the talent that was given to us 
to contribute to be an addition to this great project of building the church. When you take the story of the Tower of Babel, you will happen to know and understand that each and every, every man had a specific task in order to build a tower. No one was excluded. And everybody knows exactly what they ought to do. And it is the same with us as well. By this calling, this great calling of building the church, we all have our part to play. And today what we can retain from this teaching is that it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter how the world perceives us. It doesn't matter how we define ourselves. What matters the most is that we may respond to this calling. Hallelujah. From the two points that we have mentioned about how to build a church, love, winning souls were mentioned. And love begins within ourselves first before it is displayed outside. You can pretend many things, but you cannot pretend to love somebody. And the desire to win souls has to be also cultivated in our heart. That we may be the one contributing to the kingdom of God. Bringing souls to the kingdom. The time has come for us to respond to this calling. And despite the situation that we may go through, it is time for us to respond to this calling. going to stand and make a prayer Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1. The Bible says, In the year of the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled with temple. Above it stood a seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. 
And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Who is me? For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Verse 8, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Hallelujah. The prayer that we're going to make this morning, this afternoon, is that as we have received this calling, that we may avail ourselves to respond to this calling. may feel in yourself that you are not worthy to respond to this calling but just take a look at the life of Peter him who was a man like us with a lot of flaws it did not stop the calling or the calling was not taken off him Just like I said, this calling concerns not just me or just not just a certain type of people, but it is it concerns everyone. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit help us that we may avail ourselves to respond to this calling with the talent and the gift that we have received, that we may be able to be contributors of this great project to build the church. Let us pray in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord Almighty, I thank you and I give you glory, Lord Jesus, for your grace, Almighty God, upon our lives. Thank you, O my Lord and Savior, for once again, O my Lord and Savior, you have, spoke to, you have spoken to us. Thank you, O Lord Almighty, for through your word, O my Lord and Savior, we are revived. 